Hey guys, this is Rob and welcome to a special edition episode of the podcast. It's question number 42. What if Jimmy Swaggart fronted Joy Division? It's my conversation with John Riney and Mike Smith of the band Greycoats and an exclusive sneak peek look at their upcoming release of Charisma. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. Why do you have to Talking to me? What are you? A quiz, hot shot. Do you expect me to talk? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? What do you do? What do you do? It's the question that drives us. It's the question that drives us. Serena, I love you. Serena, I do. Serena, I love you. Serena, I do. For those of you joining me for the first time, my name is Rob Morgan, and for the past 10 years, I've been traveling the world as a bassist and music director. This is my podcast where I sit down over drinks on location with intriguing people I've met to try and get past what it is they do to find out who they are and why they do it and what I can learn from them. Normally, I'm joined by my wife, Sarah, for the intros of this podcast, but for this week, we're going to dive right into it. All right, here's the deal. Greycoats is a band based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it's made up of some of my favorite musicians and songwriters. Titus Decker plays keys, Mike Smith plays drums, Cooper Doton plays bass, John Riney is vocals, main songwriter, guitar player, keys, and Matt Patrick plays guitar. Now, side note, if Matt's name sounds familiar, I actually interviewed him earlier on the podcast for a double feature on questions 15 and 16 titled, wait, Can you be creative and have your shit together? It's actually one of my most downloaded episodes. Okay, here's the deal. Recently, Greycoats released uh, or announced the upcoming fourth studio album but here is here's the deal it's not just an album coming out it's they are what they said is they're doing a show at state theater in minneapolis minnesota september 20th 21st 22nd and 23rd uh they released a trailer with it and they've been doing all these awesome social media photos and uh different media i mean how do i even explain it i mean i'll put some links in the show notes of this podcast but as soon as i heard of it i mean even as i'm even as i'm talking to you right now you can tell i have so many questions about this about this album about uh the project the whole thing in a world of recycled ideas and safe bets this is one of the most intriguing albums i've heard in a long time and i've I've essentially been playing it non-stop on repeat ever since they sent me the pre-release as I'm listening to this album, I'm thinking, what leads a band to write a concept album about the American televangelist? What's the writing process look like for this band? Most of all, what do they have planned for the show? Can I even call it a show at this point? Part, it's part film, part stage play, part concert. What the heck is going on? Why am I so interested in it? Like I said, I've got a million questions about all of this, so I reached out to a couple of the guys and I sat down over cocktails to learn more. Now here's the deal. My entire goal with this podcast is to get past what people are doing and find out who they are and why they do it. 
life is all about learning to ask the right questions. And I'm convinced most people ask the wrong ones when it comes to a piece of art. I mean, like, where'd you get the name Grey Coats? What other bands do you sound like? Uh, what, what gear do you use? Kill me right now. What really intrigues me is why and how they make decisions as a band. What is it about this topic that made them pick it and write with them? These guys are crazy creative. They must have had a hundred ideas for their next project. What is it about this one? So I sat down with them and what transpired was a conversation far deeper than just music. It's a conversation that changed the way I look at defining myself and my art. And it actually gave me a new question to ask myself at times when I start to overthink things. I love the way these guys think about art and music and life. And if you stick around to the end, the band has generously allowed me to share an unreleased song of their upcoming project with you, the listeners of this podcast. So here we go. It's my conversation with John and Mike of Grey Coats over cocktails at Hilo Diner in Minneapolis. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. Are you lonely? Are you looking for someone? Are you searching for Eden? Spring eternal. Before the flood. Before we grew old. Before the angels had the gates with a flaming sword. I feel like this is about the televangelist, right? The rise and fall of this televangelist. Mm -hmm. I, when I think televangelist, I think of an easy target. It's very easy to make it a punchline, for sure. And I think that's that's always the approach to like the subject yeah. matter. And it's always like done for parody or for laughs. And like, but to see the person at the heart of this thing, there was a documentary. Man, it might be 15 years ago, but. Um, it was the eyes of Tammy Faye. It was about Tammy Faye Baker. Oh. Um, and I don't know, even like, and it was, I think it was narrated by RuPaul, and it might have been kind of kitschy and weird, but for whatever reason, like, watching that, like, I felt this tremendous empathy for her as a person mm. and, like, mm. struggles and, like, I don't know, just the... There's a human there that's trying the best that they can to, like, love people and to try to love themselves and, like... Um, which is what we're all doing. We're I all just... We should back out and give you even a little more oh, yeah, yeah, context. Oh, yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. So my dad is a pastor at oh. a church here in town. Yeah. Titus's dad was a missionary. Cooper's dad is a pastor. John's dad was an evangelist. Matt's dad is a cop. Matt's dad was a cop. <laughs> was a cop. So yeah. we but got Matt all those has, authoritarian. You know, church background. I mean, totally. we, all, we all came from a pretty charismatic Christian background and saw these really strong characters in our own personal family lives of people who were doing in a sense what Jimmy Swaggart was doing in that they get up and they preach the gospel with 
this conviction and earnest faith. And then at some point, all of those people become corrupt once they reach a certain level of power. And, yeah. and why does that happen? And could that have been my own dad? And at what point would that have even been me? Um, so when we're writing these stories, it, in a sense, it might be easier for us to find empathy or even want to find empathy. Like, why do we even want to find empathy for these people? Yeah. I think it's because we want to ultimately find it for ourselves yeah. and for our own fathers. People our yeah, and people that you love and you're just like, you see those stories and you're just like, well, that's not totally true or, yeah. or fair or mm. honest. And but and at the same time, like talking about like, you know, if a certain amount of power or influence, like you hear, you know, all of these um, stories about just sexual harassment and abuse and all these things that all like all these things that have you know come out obviously over the past year they've been going on for years and history of time but you hear these stories and it's really easy to sit in a seat of judgment and be like well that that guy's horrible and how dare he why would anybody ever do that and then i think what why don't i think that might not be me if i had that much power and i thought like i was untouchable and i could get away with anything and it's your word against mine and i'm the person in the seat of power who's to say i wouldn't try and also do something like that mm. and so even like yeah. even the character's name being reverend johnny it's like that's me that's yeah. you, it's easy to say like look at that idiot and be self-righteous and people on all sides of the political spectrum do this and all, yes. all religions all faith all humanity this is a problem we just we all want to point at somebody else and have. Um, you, there was a book I was reading. It was, it was you can have a movement without God, but you can't have a movement without the devil. So you always need a devil. You need an enemy. You need somebody. Yes. So whether you know if you're on the right or you're on the left, obviously there's like this person is a villain. This person is evil. How could anybody yes. ever be like that? Yeah. And we get like so it unifies self-righteous. You. Yes. It unifies you. And yeah. Everybody gets united around a you common hate this, enemy. I hate this too. Yeah, yeah you, hate, you hate this. Yeah. I hate this thing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the internet. <laughs> so yeah. you hate this. I hate yeah. this. We all hate this thing. Um, but it's so easy to do that. It's so easy to destroy and to tear down and criticize. And it's so much harder to try to build something mm-hmm. and try to create. And I just, it's always a check for me to think like the oh, worst man. person the person that seems so vile and disgusting and horrible, that stuff is inside me too. And who's to say that, I don't know, it, th- that thought like helps me to have just empathy and compassion. I don't always live it out, but trying to get better at that and think the best of people rather than the worst of people. However, that doesn't excuse any type of horrendous behavior, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah, it's sure. like, like yeah. I think, okay, even going yeah. to like the current, um, like, there was a moment during the debates yeah. where I'm just like, I actually had a, a moment of empathy for for Trump. And speaking yeah. of like, a lot of these songs were written during election season, mm-hmm. which was um, yeah, this candidate is very much like a operating like a televangelist in a lot of ways. Like yeah. I'm just recognizing like the movement, just shooting from the hip, being a person of the people, reading the crowd, yes. yeah. and like you don't even have to say anything of substance, or yeah. you're just saying it's emotion. Just whip them up. Whip them up, um, and it's. Get a revival going. Charismatic authority, get a revival going, get people riled up. Um, but even during the debates, there was a debate where I felt like, oh man, he just he just totally lost. And there's a moment, I think it was a gif or something, where he's just like ripping out a sheet of paper. Like, and for whatever reason, that moment I was like, I felt this weird empathy. He saw through his armor. He yeah, I was just armor. gonna say it was like saw, he sort of grit his teeth, yeah. and there was just like I could feel there was a frontline documentary something I watched about like Hillary and, and Trump and it 
talked about his relationship with his dad and like I just think that was probably really weird and like yeah this dude's like super broken super hurting super angry super fearful he's just a wounded person mm. and that's the reason he acts out and he's like and I, once again it's like well I don't know you shouldn't be the president but you need help but as a person it's like yeah. you were like really messed up and there was that moment, that little glimmer moment where I'm just like, I understand that you are just, you're trying and you're really screwed up inside. Yeah. And man. And that just kind of hit me. And I think like even with a character like this, where it's an easy punchline, there's a person inside. And again, it's like, mm -hmm. maybe they shouldn't have this empire and they shouldn't be allowed to exercise this, this power. But I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. You shouldn't be allowed. You should shut off your Twitter account. I don't know <laughs> yeah, what it is. At some point, it's like, just stop and go get help. But anyway. Man, well, this thing, when it comes to empathy, I find it interesting that we now kind of live in an era that it's almost looked down on to voice any empathy, too, right? Very black and white. Yeah, very black and white. Yeah, yeah, everything's so black and white. And if there was something you were like, well, I... You know, even as crazy as all this is, maybe there I can see where he he would think. Even if something like I can see where this person would think that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Red yeah. flags. We're not even. Are you? Who are you? Whose side are you on? You have to pick a side all the time. Man. Yeah, and you have to. Yeah, and you have to stick to it, and you have to rise up and fight against another side that's an enemy, and it's like. I don't know how you break through that, but I do yeah. think there's a tension, cultural tension of just empathy and just understanding. Because yeah. what, also what happens, yeah. I think, you know, I guess politics is an easiest place to go, but it's like, it's really easy to mis to characterize another side. And then the other side sees that and that's like, well, that's not how we are because it's, it's a caricature of who they are because you're not exercising empathy and really like going after whatever the argument is or whatever mm -hmm. the thing that you have issue is. And it's just like some little petty dumb thing that somebody wrote or misspoke or whatever without getting to the heart of oh, like, yeah. you know and we, we latch on to that yeah we latch on to that rather than we have disagreements about fundamental issues or about the way that we see the world and let's have just an honest open discussion about that and respect each other's dignity and humanity instead it's like you're evil and you say I'm evil and we just like shout at each other mm. you know that are the way that we wrote this story it's there's this Reverend Johnny his wife Serena and uh, a prostitute character named Linda um, if anybody knows anything about televangelists of the 80s they all were with prostitutes and things like that so I'm probably not giving away a spoiler or anything but it's written very much like a Steinbeck um, in that the person who gives you the strongest nugget of truth happens to be the prostitute and yet you're compelled to like be a part of every character in the story and see yourself in what they're wanting and how they're reacting to the scenario or 
aspirations that they have or whatever. But hey, you're talking about you writing this thing. What did that look like? Did you sit down and write a storyline before you even wrote the songs? So okay, what did that process look so like? So going back a little bit, like yeah. writing the songs, I had read a couple books. Like I read a book about Jimmy Swagger. That yeah. was just. It was great. I just can. It, it just gripped me. Like there was, there's specifically like this one scene where I was like, man, if Vince Gilligan like directed the scene, like uh, Breaking Bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be so amazing. Like yeah. this would be so cinematic and great as a show. Like I was just like pulled in, and just sort of connected. Like he's very old school Pentecostal and very, you know, you don't yeah. dance, you don't go to Hollywood movies, you don't, you don't drink. Like very old school. <laughs> you don't have ice cream on your butt, you know. Even uh, Christian Rock, you know, he's just very like. Um, he was he was trying to bring the 1950s to the 1980s, and he was very against like the prosperity movement and like the name yeah. it claim it and like yeah. that side of things, um, and very just you know the gospel and and but but on the other side of that it was interesting because the same denomination, which was yeah. the assemblies of God, it was Jimmy Swagger and then the Bakers, who yeah. Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, and they were much more like. I don't know if it's like charismatic, but very like open and loving and and had these aspirations almost like a it's like Jim Baker wanted to be like Johnny Carson and have a talk show and yeah. Heritage USA was like a Christian Disneyland. Like it's very like throw yeah. your arms around the world and we we can create an experience that's just as great as the world but it's Christian. Yes. Two totally different approaches well, yeah. and they both fell into scandal. Um, I'd read a book James about Amy Semple McPherson, who was also a very fascinating character in the 30s. Um, we got fries and cheese fries oh, coming yeah. in here. Yes, dude. Um, so I had read a couple of books and had some ideas, roughly, when I was writing songs. Yeah. So it was, it was more like, I think this song's about this. I think this song's about this part of the story. This song's about this part of the story. Mm. So we got connected with a playwright uh, named Seth Bokley. Okay. And um, he, um, we just hit, we just hit it off right away. We told him about, here's the idea for this album and what we want to create. Um, we feel like it's a bigger story and could maybe be a theatrical production. Is this as well. pre you've written song, you've written song ideas? I'd written song ideas. Some of them were finished and some of them yeah. are still working on some lyrics. Yeah. Um, Thanks for indulging me. I'm just so curious totally. about your, yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. process. Yes. I it love was, that. I will say too that when we were writing and then before we even yeah. went into the studio, we knew we wanted to make a theatrical production, like mm -hmm. a play oh, mm -hmm. mixed with a rock show or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. It was so badass. So that was the goal. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying I could go back well, even further, I but I go back. I, you I, want me I, to go back? Oh yeah, I love it because okay. yeah, go back. Because this because how we got there. Oh yeah, there's so much focus on like what it is people yeah. are doing. Though, like what led you? That's the interesting thing to me because that's what I mean, that's why I'm fascinated by. Yes. Uh, so working on our first record, I came upon this idea <laughs> of. So I was ten. <laughs> yeah. So when I was ten, yeah. I had this experience. Um, no, this this idea of ancient cosmology of the seven planets, or seven heavens. Different people have used this as like a, a skeleton for artwork, like Mahler did yeah. a classical piece of like seven planets. And so I like the idea of like, you know, every, and then every planet has thematic qualities and like, you know, kind of gods and goddesses and they're kind of associated with, mm -hmm. right? Um, so in in the in that world, I think the sun and the moon were also included in that. So it was like five planets and then the sun and the moon. Yeah. 
So the first record, I think it was even after the first record was done, I was like, man, that's that's a pretty interesting idea. It'd be fun to just like create an album cycle around that and just mm-hmm. use that as a creative skeleton to just yeah. make albums. So the first one was like, kind of had this war focus, World War One, loosely, you know, st- yes. dystopian thing. So I'm like, yes. okay, that's Mars. That's the God of War. Yeah. So then we started, I started shifting gears to like, what's this next album, which became Soul or The Sun. Um, and we had this focus on the 1939 World's Fair. Yeah. I think it was, you know, around the time of the economic collapse. Yes. So that was kind of on the brain, and I initially wanted to make this Dust Bowl album of, like, what did people do back then when times were hard after the stock market yeah. crash? And it kind of shifted to, like, what's the what's the hope for tomorrow? And the mm-hmm. 1939 World's Fair was, like, just huge for, like, setting the course to, like, modern yeah. living. And so that kind of just sparked this creative energy for that album. And um, that whole idea of like alchemy, turning things to gold, the yes. idea of greed and oh, hubris yeah. and like all these things. So that was tied in the second album. The third one was um, Luna, the moon, yeah. Diana is a huntress, um, wanderers, wateriness, doubt, like all these themes that were kind of attached to the moon became attached to the last album. And then of course it's like, well, we're going through the 20th century. Let's just keep going. Yeah. This is gonna be a uh, sci-fi album. Yeah. Loosely kind of space race, but also maybe yeah. like that really existential 70s sci-fi 2001 yes. space odyssey yes. uh, solaris kind of in that place where yes. it's very cerebral so that was the last album this next album i knew um was going to be mercury which is the messenger which is the swiftest of the gods um and then i yes. knew it would be set maybe in the 70s or 80s so yeah. i had kind of three roads i just realized i had a third row going back but one was like maybe it's a story about a salesman Messenger, you know, okay. messages. Maybe it's a story about spies. I still oh. like the idea of spies. Like, I love yes. End of the Cold War. I love yeah. East, West, like Germany. Like, there's, man, a handful of great movies. Just, I don't know. I love that era of, like, just before the Berlin yeah. Wall. That was the third one. The second yeah. one. And then the third one was, well, maybe it's a televangelist story. Yeah. Which is sort of like a salesman story, too. And it's a messenger. And mm-hmm. so that one seemed the scariest just because of our family histories and feels like strikes a nerve uh, probably gonna have to be pretty vulnerable and open and talking about this album and like even making it how do we make this thing yes. it's easier to talk about something like sci-fi right. and then work in something personal right. or talk about the 39 yes. World's Fair or World War One, and like you can insert yourself into that but something that's just like yes. super close to home is like kind of uh, but knowing knowing we were the just finishing the 70s and, and heading into the 80s when you read that Jimmy Swagger book and you were telling me all about it, it's just like, that's it. We got to do that. That's the next album. And that was what I was curious about. You yeah. said it and you're like, oh man. And then we of course got talking about Jimmy Swagger's yeah. prowess on the piano and how he's like this really incredible musician and preacher and just powerful character. And then we pretty quickly said, what if Jimmy Swagger was the front man of Joy Division? <laughs> and we were like, boom, let's do it. Yeah. Yes. So musically, yes. I like the idea of like, okay, it's swift, it's just quick, and there's an urgency. Uh, it's going to be a post-punk album. And yes. we're just going to be like, Jimmy Swagger swinging, singing for Joy Division. And it's yes. just like, just our instruments, we're just going to record it. be 80s and rock. And we'll just do a 10-song yeah. album, and it'll be cool. We'll figure out how to do that, yes. and we'll just do a show at the entry of the Turf Club or something, and we'll just not go totally crazy because like our other shows like the last album we create created like a midi controlled 
spaceship thing. Like, yeah. It was, you know, we oh, just yeah. get too ambitious. I, oh, yeah. We just I keep remember, getting, yeah. yeah. We just get ambitious and we're like, we're going to do this thing. And then we do it and we kill ourselves doing it. And like, okay, this time, yeah, we got this ambitious story, yeah. but we're going to keep it really sleek. But I yeah. will say where the swiftness yeah. came in was in the writing of the songs, where I just was like, I'd sit down for a night. I got three kids, so that makes it harder to write. So it's like, oh, okay, well. I got two cats, so I know how you feel. I know, I know yes, exactly. Yes, those yeah. cats, they need love. Yeah, uh, yes. the babysitter's there, I gotta head home. I uh, can't even imagine. Yeah. Like, I have kids, I can't imagine if I had cats, like, yeah. how hard that <laughs> Next would be. Next level, yes, yeah. I feel your pain. Um, so you, you've got limited time to write, and so it's just like, as quick as I can, here's the song, and then here's the demo. Maybe I got words, maybe I don't, but every time I would just, I would sit down and like, okay, it's another song, it's another yeah. song, and not be too precious or spend too much time. You want another one of those? Um, I would love one. I'll do a thing. Is that, is that just as easy as yeah. yeah, you just do yeah. this here. That's how this works. Um, I'm good. So the, so the speed came in the writing, um, and then everything just ballooned because we're just mm. ridiculous and... Right. Yeah. We kind of can't not be gray coats and we then can't make be gray coats. And we we enjoy, like I don't know what we enjoy being in the studio and messing with things yes. and making like what if we what if we did this and what if we totally. added this. We really wanted it to be fun, post punk. You know? yeah. yeah. It's definitely more. Polished it's not post punk. Yeah. But there are like I feel like there's it moves a, into new way. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. definitely like an oh, yeah. 80s underground totally. influence. It has like yeah. an ebb and flow to it. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Okay. You guys, especially you as a writer. Uh, but then all of you, how much does defining the songs you write come into play? And then by, the, by that I mean, do you write a song and say, mm, this, I like this song, but this isn't a Grey Coat song. Mm. Or I, uh, this needs to be more Grey Coats-ish. Or the, uh, it's, this is cool, but we need to pull it more this way. Yeah. How much does that come into play when you are doing your own writing? It would be that it feels too Grey Coats. Oh. So it's like, yeah, that's okay, yeah. but that feels like we've done that. That feels like that should have been on World of Tomorrow. Yeah. That's how so, we, like, killed some of the songs for this album, for totally. sure. The ones really? that felt the most Grey Coatsy, we just tossed them. But. Which is fascinating because that seems to be everybody's biggest complaint. No one, come, no one talks about a band and be like, oh, man, they're just not redefining themselves enough. Yeah. At least maybe enough. The biggest complaint about bands, sure. when you think about people you love, you're like, oh man, they just went a totally different direction. Yeah. Just, I can't even, yeah. they're not there in it anymore. Yeah. So it's fascinating to say that you're willing to push. Like, hey, we've done this already. Let's go into something different. Let's yeah. New territory. Which is, and I think that's just, it, that's just, it, I don't know. And it's probably not just confined to music, you know, any a director yeah. or a, anyone creating art or anything you like you want to be challenged you want to continue to push yourself yeah. so if you feel like this is good this was me like four years ago or five years ago yeah. and we made this how can we like challenge ourselves to make something that we haven't done or even know how to do so mm. some of that is in the music but then some of it is even just in this production and like I don't know how we're gonna pull this off but mm. let's do it alright um, but musically too it's just let's push ourselves and like stretch ourselves to just rethink it on every album I don't know I think also the ideas and the, the way we create it's feel, always feels bigger than music and it always feels like I don't know music in an end of, of, of itself sometimes feels a little boring or one just one just dimension of creating art and so I, I love making music and I love playing it, but I also feel like an outsider from that world in some ways and feel 
feel weirdly like, yeah, distant from, I, I don't know. I mean, we've been playing music since high school. We've been playing in bands together and play shows and everything else. And it's like, there's a certain scene and there's a certain way and things, way that think people do things. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you've been a part of some of that. And then sometimes you're just yes. sort of away from it. I don't know. Yes. But, uh, you mentioned it. I mean even the thought of like that wasn't even leading into like tell me about band fights tell me about yeah. the, how the mechanics of great clubs yeah. but the thought that you're saying of feeling like an outsider is that like how do you how do you mean like what do you mean when you say like outsider of music in general or just feeling like just I want feeling like more I'm a musician and I'm a part of a music scene and I'm this like being defined yeah. by being a mu- musician like yeah. I still don't know where I want to be like I went to school in New York for a couple years or sorry for a couple months when I was young when I was 19 I was going to be an actor I was going to study musical theater and that's what I was going to do yeah Um, and so I thought well maybe that was it and then I came back and I was playing music or um, you know right now I'm working more in advertising field and as a writer so there's just all of these you know I enjoy literature I enjoy reading I enjoy film I enjoy music I I just enjoy people that are creating art and experiences and telling stories and it's hard for me to just pick a single path yeah this is what I am, and so I—I I don't know. It's like I'm a little bit of all these things, and yet yes. none of them. It's yes. like a jack yes. of all trades, and master of yes. none is how I feel. And yeah. um, but I'm just interested in a lot of things, yeah. and I think that comes to the band. Yeah, you know, when we when we make something. Yeah, but and you're nodding your head. I'm I'm assuming you. I, th- you, I feel the same. Do you? I, I think I've always felt like a really bad drummer. Like, I'm not technically good at an instrument, and I've very much enjoyed yeah. playing the yeah. drums. Yeah. But I wouldn't play the drums in, like, another band or just go into a studio to play the drums or stuff like that. It's really been more about ideas and camaraderie and a shared perspective of, like, our existence as people. Mm-hmm. And, like, now I think being older, we can look back and realize what brought us together and kind of held us together yeah the music does just keep coming like mm-hmm. John will bring an idea to a band whether it's just a scrap of a song or a yeah. full song and yeah. then we'll do a thing to it and, and within an hour it'll be like well, bam now this is a great code song yeah and like it just yeah. keeps it keeps happening but not because we're yes. necessarily um, top tier musicians but I think just sharing in something different or something bigger man okay this is so rad hearing you guys say this because for me i mean i feel i feel the exact same way and i it just the the whole outsider word is such a great word description of it because at least for me i've always i just felt like um I want to say is there something wrong with me or maybe everybody else has it figured out everybody else gets it maybe there's something i'm missing yeah. I should say that we do have a couple of insiders in the band, yeah. and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll mention yeah. uh, Matt yeah. and Cooper both are proficient musicians that yeah. can sit in any sort of session anywhere and kill it. Uh, that gives us a little confidence and a little bit more. <laughs> and, and without that, like it doesn't, it makes it. It's the polish, and it makes it all. Yes. The glue would, makes it all stick together. We would yeah. still do something cool, but it definitely adds a. A gloss over yeah. it all that, like, I think only enhances what we're trying to do or something. Oh, 
Man, that gives me such mental oxygen to hear that yeah. because I mean, you guys, you guys, especially like as a group, and just seeing you from the outside because we haven't hung out uh, outside the music stuff. I mean, I op- we opened, I did stuff in Novelai. I think mm. my, own, oh, one of my, my only interactions we played at Varsity, yeah, like years ago, yeah. Uh, and so to hear, like, I look up to all you guys, and so to hear you guys say that yeah. gives me mental oxygen to be like, yeah. oh, okay. There's not something wrong with me. I can totally have you. So that just makes me think of you guys. Have you guys always been confident about that? That everything you're saying, that description, that relationship between you and music, is that something that has, has that been like confidently like, yeah, this is my place within it, or did that have to come? I mean, I'm confident in my lack of confidence in knowing anything for certain, really. Yeah. yeah. And just my place in life yeah. and like. And I, I think everybody wrestles with imposter syndrome. I mean, like, the more I get, yeah. like, further and then job and family and everything, you just meet these people that are like, oh, this person seems like they have it really all together. And really, they're just pretending. They're just faking it. And everybody, nobody knows what they're doing. Like, that's yeah. the big secret of yeah. life, I feel like, that I'm just, like, learning. Like, oh, okay, you just kind of, like, pretend. Nobody has it figured out. And you just go forward. And oh, it's totally so fine yeah. to be that way. And... I think there's times where it's like, okay, I'm going to pursue acting, or I'm going to pursue music, or I'm going to pursue this thing or that thing, and just really try and get good at this one thing. And I'm, I'm jealous of people who have like a single focus, and they know from the time I was little I was going to be a dancer, mm. and you know, and I just did this thing and did this thing, and then yeah. I became. So there's some people that are like that, and they're just on a track. And I, mm. I, maybe there's more people who aren't, and they're still just figuring it out and there's a lot of different interests but no there's something about playing in a band that's also at least because we're a bunch of dudes it's kind of fraternal um but i think an experience that i appreciate of having people that you're creating with versus trying to do things as a solo artist and even like i I think in my 20s there was there were opportunities where it was like okay what if you just go out and it's just john rennie and you're just doing your thing yeah you bring in different musicians and i was just realizing like I don't I don't know that I want that it's very creating art is also already a very lonely experience yeah. you have to create so much stuff in isolation yeah. and then to like not have people to carry the weight and to bounce ideas off of and to keep you in check of your yes. crazy ideas and just and just create something you could never do on your own yeah like, I think that's a thing that's great about being in a band um, yeah you use the word confident and I just I went right to the word compelled so I feel like I can see it now because I'm matured Uh, but in the younger years just being a punk alternative kid trying to be cool or whatever um, why doing that I don't why did we do it I don't think it was because we were confident but rather compelled and I I keep imagining that that's gonna stop like yeah how long is this gonna keep going and we haven't had like this great commercial success or something but but yet we feel compelled to create and when we get together that creation just keeps happening Um, I feel like it's only stronger now than it's ever has has been Yes. Um, which I I think was surprising to us Mm -hmm. even a year ago going into the studio to start this album and this Mm -hmm. whole show that we're working on um, how easily it all came and how quickly and how yeah. powerfully it just came out of us. It felt like it was supposed to happen. Yeah. Okay, you're, you, when you're talking about being compelled, 
you specifically have your you have your hands in so many things too is there do you ever find yourself in a time where you haven't like gray coat I don't know how if you guys have met every week every other week for the past 10 years but I don't know has there ever We've been tried to yeah yeah it's I, probably been every month oh cool and you know yeah that's what everybody I was can about. we'll get together on Tuesday night yeah and half of the time we can't but yeah. We still get together a lot. Is that a group there's thing? Like a where set, we like, we there's like a set to? night. Like, I don't know what it is. You know, if it's like yeah. Tuesday night. It's moved around. It's Great yeah. night. And like, there's definitely times where it's been like months. Yeah. And there's just like, oh, I can't tonight. I can't tonight. And it's like, it's still in your head. Like, we still have to text each other and let each other. Yeah. Even though you haven't gotten together in months, it's like, <sighs> Tuesdays are great coats. Yeah, band night. And, okay. Um, that it, consi- you have to have that consistency for a band. Yeah. Right? Like with and I th- everybody. And I think it, shi- and it shifts too. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, you have to make it a commitment. And it depends on what process you're in with an album or with an idea. Like, we go in and when we're writing, or, you know, I'll write a bunch of stuff and we'll arrange it. So then it's yeah. like, okay, well, let's let's just get around, get together every week and let's mess around with the songs and let's just, I don't know, no agenda, yeah. but let's just play and let's mm-hmm. just figure things out. Obviously, if there's a show, you're rehearsing for that but then once you get into like okay we're going to record um more and more we've gotten just more comfortable with just going to the studio and having half formed ideas mm-hmm. and like okay we've got some arrangements figured out and then I don't, we'll just hit record and figure it out as we go yeah um and then you get into the phase where like okay now we've got to like mix this album and just finesse it yeah and that's usually like who can be at the studio and that's where we've been at since we recorded in october we just set aside like nine days yeah. And we just tracked and tracked and tracked and then since then it's just been kind of finessing. We finally just got together because now it's like, okay, we gotta rehearse for this show. Wait, is it been... only recently that the whole thing's been when did you give it the stamp of this is done? No one's touching it. The MP3s are printed. Two, Two weeks, weeks ago, ago probably. <laughs> it's so awesome. Since oh yeah. October of just yeah, it's um, usually a big push. Like yeah. all the tra- like we recorded 22 songs uh-huh. in nine days, and just I was feeling anxious if we'd spend half a day on a song, and like, you know, and some of them were just we'd yeah. listen to a demo that I did, and mm-hmm. so we're just still trying to feel our way out of it. It's like we gotta keep moving. We gotta yeah. get through all 22 songs, yes. and then we'll figure it out later. Um, Are you the one that's kind of keeps everybody like moving? All right, like we need to stop. We need to keep moving in the studio. The- um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we all kind of. How about I do that? Try and have an understanding and keep it moving. Matt keeps it moving too. Yeah. Because yeah. he uh, knows if something's happening uh, or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I try and just put my reservations on the side. Like, you know, the biggest thing for me, or for Mike, mm-hmm. it's always like the drums. He always just, yeah. the drums can be better. This could be better. And yeah. you, you're thinking about everything holistically. But I'm thinking about my yeah, vocal takes point. and like, yeah. oh man, that, that just wasn't perfect. And there's still stuff where I'm like, sort of makes you wince but at the same time yeah. I listen to some of my favorite records and the singer's horribly flat or there's just rough edges yeah. and I think you mess with it too much and make it too perfect it stops sounding human yeah. and like a band and you never and, release it like and you never release it just and it's like something they're just yeah. nitpicking until no one gets yeah. to hear this and it's gotta just it feels yeah. human and you start making it worse yeah. yeah trying to make it better yeah, yeah. how uh, how do you guys as a group of very uh, kind people where I, I don't see any personalities that are like my way or the highway aggressive how do you say all right 
we are making it worse. Like, let's move on as a group. It's just passive aggressiveness. Passive aggressiveness. Mostly. We just operate. Yeah. Level 11, passive aggressiveness yeah. at all, yeah. like all times. I'd yeah. say it hasn't really been that big of a deal. Yeah. Like, I think John being the primary writer sort of holds a veto card mm-hmm. and like, but mm-hmm. Matt being the primary producer also has a veto card. And yeah. The rest and then of you being the primary offer, drummer has that veto card. You know, we this just technically has a thing. And then yeah. you set up a crazy ambitious show, <laughs> yeah. and that has the ultimate veto card because oh, it's like, yeah. it has to okay, get done. well, it's oh, got to get done. Yeah. Yes. And if you want to put out this album and have the yeah. show, like, and that's actually for us because of all of our personalities, which is the one, the hardest thing is yeah. because we're all like, for each other, nobody's going to be like, you know, I'm going to be the a hole in the band. It's going to just look press through. Yes. And there's moments, I, mean, I don't know, people have. To, you gotta try and do that and make something happen, but we're all just like, yeah, uh, without a deadline or without someone like cracking the whip. Yeah, it's easy to let long periods of time go with no no yeah. momentum. Or I, you know? I interviewed a buddy of mine. Uh, his name is Jordan Sirac a few weeks ago and he has his feet in the he's a guitar player and he also has like a day business job and he said one of his biggest frustrations in the creative world is the lack of understanding the importance of deadlines yeah and because we we, he just says you know when we're doing music it's like well we'll just get done with it when we want to get done with it but then the deadline this is coming you have a show in September yeah this crap better be ready yeah or else I mean that's it There's and no that's what we've just it. done for ourselves it's like, like we do that on purpose so that we get stuff done yeah otherwise we could just noodle forever and sit around forever and right like we went in this into the studio for this I think the opportunity with the Southern Theater show mm-hmm. came up they were taking submissions so I'm like okay um, I just submitted a write-up really quick yeah <laughs> like I realized it was the day of and we were given notice the day of the submissions being due that really they were due yeah and then I forwarded it to John and he whipped something out and sent it in and, really? and we had an idea of yeah. like doing this but it was yeah. just like when and when we'll record and then what was the submission for what was it a for just to be a part of the the, the season of oh, the yeah. theater season at yeah. the Southern so they take submissions and you submit your idea for a show yeah and basically there's like a board and like, oh, do we like this idea? Um, and then giving them time to, okay, this is going to be part of the, the theater season. You yeah. Know? Um, so, yeah, so then we got got accepted. It's like, okay, well, these are the dates, and um, we're going to go from happening. there. Let's record, yeah. and let's make this happen, oh, and let's man. figure everything out. Uh, this is this is a side note of something you said earlier that just piqued my interest. Um, how importance or how much weight in your mind are definitions for you have you ever felt the need to like define this is who i am this is what i do i mean you both have so many different ventures your hands in different things uh and you doing acting music yeah publishing stuff i I think we're doing all those things because we're trying to figure it out yeah yeah i wish you know and again going back i like i wish i had that definition i wish i could just put a stamp on and like yeah this is who I am, and this uh, is what I do, and I don't know. Yeah. Because there's half of that's that imposter syndrome where you feel like, well, I'm not yeah. the best at this thing, and I know yeah. enough to know my own shortcomings, but the other half is like, I just don't know. I'm interested in a lot of different things. Also, maybe if we knew that we weren't musicians, we wouldn't have done all of this. Yeah. So by some, in a sense, not defining or not knowing, yeah, it, it leaves something to be discovered that... Oh whatever but it, I wonder if like so a lot cool. of people who so stumble cool. into something yes. it's you, what is your most success what is the thing that you find the most success in like I've just heard other interviews with people who 
you know, do great things. And maybe they didn't think I'm going to be this person, but suddenly, yeah, this person is this person who's an actor, and they're just well, they just kind of fell into acting. Yeah, and they also have a lot of different, you know, yes, um, interests, and but that just happens to be the thing that they're the most known for. So hmm. I don't know. At the end of my life. Maybe there'll be one thing that I'm the most known for. Maybe yeah. not. You know, we're almost talking about the arc of a creative, uh, almost maybe a life lie that we tell ourselves. At least for me, I'll just be selfish and think to myself this lie that everybody else has it figured out, and I don't have it figured out. Therefore, I there's something wrong, and I need to. My only goal is to push as hard as I can yeah. to figure it out and find my thing. My, whether it's like if I'm doing this music thing, yeah, I got to find out my yeah. thing. Yeah. In the sense of this thing I've been chasing, like I put all my eggs in this basket, and what happens when that kind of falls apart? What am I? Am I really, am I really this? Am I really just the bass thing? Am yeah. I, or that, is there more to me? That's what charisma is about. Come yeah. to the show. Yeah. 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 I think that's what all good art is. Yeah. Like, who are you when everything's stripped away? Yes. You know. Yeah. When what you thought was going to happen didn't really happen, or it did happen, and then. It wasn't what you thought was it was going to be. Yeah. No matter what, yeah, you hear from, like, people are very, very successful in their fields. And they're just still not happy. Because yeah. the thing that you're hoping for, and I've got things in my life where I'm just yes. like, oh, if only I could find success in this, on this certain level. Like, yes. wouldn't that be amazing? And yeah. then you get there and you're like, I still kind of, I want something more. And yeah. you're still, like, reaching for transcendence and something that's beyond, always beyond your grasp. Like, there's always something beyond your grasp. Mm. And I don't know. I just, um, yeah, I, I think you, I think we wrestle with the, the limitations we put on ourselves and then also mm. the limitations other people put on us. And, you know, whether you're, you work at a certain job and yeah. they have no idea of your interests outside of that job yeah, yeah. and they just see you as like oh you do this and you're really good at this job or you're not good at this job but yes. this is what you do yeah. or you know if you you're have a family sauce guy. yes or I think of like <laughs> yes. my family yeah it's you're the so barbecue good. sauce there's yeah. Dan the barbecue sauce man I mean he's just what always you? on that <laughs> sauce or I think of like you know a family like you think of your parents and it's like you see your your dad or your mom as a certain you know, or a cousin, or you you have, that's who they are to you. Yes. They're this thing. Yeah. You have no idea about their hopes and their dreams and their aspirations yes. or what they were like when they were 20 years old. Yes. Or even what they're like when they're like 48 and they're still just like, I don't know, I've just been like working a job and trying to support my family and like, yeah. they still have, they're still people and humans that yeah. are their own unique individuals and, oh, but man, you oh, only yes. see them through a certain lens. Yeah. Like, this was my dad, or this was my grandfather, or this was, yeah. you know. This is the, I saw him in the one box yeah. that he yeah, was yeah. in relationship to me. Yeah. I used to walk on water
Man, okay, this might be a stretch, yeah. but there's a few things you said that make me think about the difference between easy and valuable. I, I'm just picturing, even you said, you know, oh, this, this doing the gray coats, this sound would be easy. Let's do something we haven't tried before and push ourselves. Yeah. Or the salesman thing would be easy. Uh, going down the road of the televangelist, this is this this hits blood. Yeah. And this is a, we have to be vulnerable yeah. and do the heavy lifting emotionally, whatever that looks like. But that's gonna be more valuable. Yeah. Uh, and even writing that character you're talking about. Yeah. Man, it'd be easy just to put him as just just like total evil character. But yeah. the hard thing would be the more valuable. Uh, I'm just noticing that thread, and I'm wondering if that. Has, is a typical constant in your guys' lives outside of just your music when I don't know if that's something you yeah. recognize or if that's intentional or yeah. it just happens if you I would push against again, easy sorry but I bet I would yeah. change your language a bit but like yeah. I, I feel like I like All how you said it feels like we, we hit blood or something yeah if you hit like whatever was easy is what we did if it wasn't if it didn't work it didn't seem like this is like coming then yeah. we didn't force it, and we would do another thing, and that one just came easy, and bam, done, got uh, it. So yeah. just being open to the art happening mm. and allowing the flow or being compelled or whatever it is to happen is where we've let yeah. it go. Not that we're trying to make it difficult. Yeah. Um, like you discover something new about what the band could be or what you're capable yeah. of, and if you don't try something different. Like even the last album was like, well, what if we just throw Matt on guitar and I just go out there and like but even that I'm like I was playing some and then I was out front like in a rehearsal the other night I'm like I'm not playing anything I'm just singing and I'm like this is really weird like I feel oh, like yeah. I should naked. be doing yeah. yes and like on the album I played I'm like oh yeah I'm just like I want a guitar or I want a keyboard I want to be playing something yeah. I'm like okay I gotta just rethink like I'm gonna do this as a yeah. show yeah. not to mention just like the acting and everything else and and then just like letting letting go of control like having so many people involved especially this time in the process yeah. of like so connecting with Seth initially like mm -hmm. as a writer um, and just his ideas as being just an outsider to this world yeah simultaneously like a good like just check of which things are too insidery and which things are just like no no that totally resonates like that's like a confirmation of like Oh, the story isn't just important to us, but it's actually like Seth grew up completely outside of charismatic evangelical Christianity. Oh yeah. Okay, so, so now I'm just outside of musically, outside of yeah, the outside whole scenario. Of, yeah, yeah. Totally was, was outside of the whole scenario, and he's a gifted and talented writer, and I think a yeah. great, um, you know, oh, humanist. Cool. But in I love, you know, we're, he's talking about. Yeah, and then the film version of Wise Blood, you know, he's bringing up like Flannery O'Connor, or like throwing books yeah. at me, and I'm throwing books at him, and we're just. I mean, he's a voracious reader too, and so it's just like it's fun to like kind of share, you know, yeah, see who with could each read other. the most books between you. And yes, Seth. it was a challenge. We had a book book club, a book tally. Um, yes, but then the third <laughs> component of um, cinematographer named Kevin Horn that we brought in, um, who thank you, Mike. Thanks. It just brought a different energy and enthusiasm and just perspective. And again, like being outside of this, like his upbringing was different. Yeah. But we he, haven't even talked about the film. We haven't even talked yet. about the film. That's right. And he's brought just like a different perspective and energy and has a has has his own artistic lens and like Yes. Oh, you know, we're yeah. uh, just wait, there's like, a full film? 
to this? Because it's I film pretty much theater and yeah. rock and roll. Oh so, man, more than because I, I saw a trailer. Yeah, there are it's, scenes it's that are filmed, and then there will be scenes that are like some stuff's sort of loops oh, and like. Come on. So it's that a holy sweet. trinity of. Yes. Yeah. So we okay. Yes. So with Kevin, Kevin, he's holy got a zine. He does tons of skate photography. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, has a really cool zine called Anomaly. He also does a lot of film work, cinematography stuff around town. Yeah. But he's been like, I mean, Seth was at at this point, and then we brought in Kevin. Now we've been working closely with him. Mm. So. We're talking about this one song, uh, Salt and Sea, and um, Mike had had experience there a couple years ago. Where yeah, that song probably out of everything is the most like I don't get this, like the most confusing yeah. tune to me. Like there's something there's something happening in this yeah. tune that I don't get story wise. Yeah, good. Yeah, no, that's good. Which I to the show. It's a it's a good it's a good okay, it's cool. a good left yeah. See, a good that's left the whole turn. thing. Like this is the, this is probably the most confusing. Yeah. Yeah. A conversation because I don't. I, I want to hear it all right now. There will be very strong visuals. Yes. Via film at the show. Yes. Okay. So we flew to California yeah. and we shot stuff out in the desert, Salt yeah. Sea, Bombay Beach. We just went out there for a weekend. Yeah. Captured this amazing. Salt Sea is in California, California or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I say that like I know yeah. a lot of stuff, but true no, transparency no. means I googled it when yeah. I was listening to. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Once we sort of would see that we need to do something, it's hard to not make it happen. So all the way to, like, he ends up in the desert and he has this wilderness experience. Oh, man. We should make that happen. And then since, you know, we wrote the song using imagery and language and all these things about the Salton Sea and surrounding areas, we, yeah. we had to go there yes. and film some things out there. But, and it was... a uh, really magical few days. Yeah. I was listening to you, but I had to write down yeah. that uh, that side quote you said. Like, once we see something, or uh, once we see it, yeah. it's hard not to make once it happen. Once we see it in our mind, we, it's hard to not make it happen. That's what this whole thing's about. Like, yeah. That's Man. why there are 18 songs on the album, and there's 18 yeah. songs in the live production. Every one of them is a part of the story and a yeah. visual and a sound and yeah. a And there's a point where you just use uh, once yes. just like, okay, this is what we're gonna make. And I and maybe a lot of people feel this way who are artists, it's like you get you get in this weird like this creative zone where it's like, Okay, we're making this thing. Yeah, I just stop thinking about like how much money spending yeah. or how much time or whatever it's just like gotta make done? gotta make this thing because yeah, yeah. you're just like focus on this thing you're trying to you're create. not focusing on the constraints you're thinking yes. about what yeah. it is there's okay, a, how there's can a we creative do this? freedom yeah. where you just kind of get lost time gets lost and resources get lost and you're just focused on what that end thing is going to be oh, i will say too that we've benefited from the generosity of co-creators who oh, also absolutely. have caught a vision yeah. for it and yeah. like both Seth and Kevin have put in endless hours in creating this with us. Yeah. You know, at I'm sure a loss yeah. financially, but uh, yeah, it's it's it emboldens us and encourages us even to run further with it. That the first few people we've connected with really yeah are pushing with us. So. I love that the thought of just the synergy of it, like everything. Very much so. Uh, okay, you're talking about. Once this, that concept of once you see it, it's, you can't not make it happen. You have to make it happen. Seth is the director's name, right? Is yeah. that? Uh, is there anything that you were holding on to that you saw that when you got 
with him, he yeah. said this doesn't work. I'm wondering how this has changed, possibly, with being with him. Who saw really different? Like, has it I feel like it's more like we would connect and we're just talking yeah. like this, yeah. and we would just be throwing different ideas, yeah. and certain ones would land, you know, way better or a lot harder. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. that's it, bam. And he would write it down, and then mm-hmm. he would come back with like a scene based on yeah. some of the stuff we had talked about. Yeah. And then he'll do a ton of research and find like interviews yeah. with people, and then. Yeah. I mean, this is a bigger conversation because even within the band. Or I would write a song, Mike would have an idea about what the song's about, or yeah. where it fits in the story, and I had a different idea in writing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then we would we would talk that through, and I'm like, man, I, I think this is this, and Mike would be like, no, this is really here. Yeah. Or someone else, I mean, I think even on the last record, we were just talking about this the other day, like, there was a lyric that I did on the demo, and like, Titus, like, misheard it, and like... He said, I love it when you say, I won't... Won't, won't you marry, marry me, space man? man? And I was like... Oh, that's yeah, that's better. better. Okay, that's going to be the lyric. Like, yes. So I love those, yes. like, happy moment accidents. I, yeah. I was saying, like, I should just write an album where I just, like, I just write it, and then you guys tell me what you think the lyrics are, and then I just like, change it <laughs> yeah, to, right. like, misheard. Just uh, intentional mumbling. Intentional mumbling. Like, which which is where all the songs start, anyway. It's, yeah. like, half-formed. Maybe there's a real word, yeah. and, like, it's... Yeah. Baby talk it's essentially an entire yes. Bon Iver album. Yes, exactly. Yes, the whole thing. The last album but, has one close to that. Stream of consciousness. Really? M- mumble words. We do have a song where I just, you know, when you're first writing a song, you just kind of, it's, it's mumble. Oh, yeah. I liked the performance and the take and just the idea yeah. of confusion and wateriness and doubt. Yeah. And like, I'm like, let's just have it just be nonsense. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That'll be the song. The, okay, so you said, you know, when you're writing a song, the first part's mumbling, and I said, oh yeah, but in total transparency, I have no idea what you're talking about, because I am scared out of my mind to even think about writing a song with lyrics, and so that's fascinating that you, it's a little bit more mumbling at the start of this melody. And for me, some other people, like, I don't know, maybe Dylan or someone is just like, I wrote this, these lyrics in this poem, and I I just sing them, and I just do it all the top, and... Whereas I, for me, it's, it's, and I've heard other songwriters mention this too, but it's almost like how a baby is learning how to talk. Yeah. And you're just forming the words, and what does this song feel like it wants? What vowel sounds, what words are conveying the emotion? And I might have an idea for the song, and there might all of a sudden be like, here's just a little phrase for the lyrics. And then like, you might have little pieces, but it's like the song, I don't know, you're trying to listen to the song and how it directs you into what it wants to be. Yeah. So even if there's a lyric that like, I really like this phrase, it might not work with the song or convey the same emotion just because of the way yeah. that the words feel or come out when they sing or yeah. when, you, when they're sung. Yeah. So oh, that's so good. I think there's this thing that just sort of happens organically and then I've got my ideas and then there's the band's ideas and sometimes got something half formed and like well, what do you guys think about this um i think for this part i've got these three lyrics what feels yeah. the strongest to you yeah and i'm literally like sing that one okay yeah and then just getting it's just a long i don't know it's a it's a process and yeah. some songs so come more fully formed you yeah know, but.
Okay, as we're yeah. like starting to like wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I want to be respectful of you guys' yeah. time this evening. Here's here's the deal. Here's what I'm getting from you guys. Um, outside, just musically. Um, I feel like you guys, and even the stuff you've been saying, is giving me like a almost the equation for something I struggle with, and that is the equation for me mentally is I think I want to ask myself, is this a should or is this a compelled thing? Because I think I really get stuck in like, oh, I should do this. Oh, musically, I should do this. And everybody else has, oh, you came in, you wrote this song, and you wrote down, you came in with the song all perfectly polished, and it was everything you wanted it to be, but it's just not how the creative process in life no, works. just let go. Yeah. Let go. Oh, and man. End up where... Where the stream takes yeah. you. Oh, and it's going to be messy. So good. And it's going to be yes. people, I, you are going Especially to be Especially with depressed. this process, I'm yes. like, this isn't exactly uh, how I would write it. Or this isn't yeah. exactly how I would do it. But it's like, yeah. then they're, they're also able to yeah. bring something that's incredible that yes. you would have never thought of. Yes. And that's what's beautiful. It's like, it's yeah. messy and it's crazy and uh, it's more expansive hell, and more yes. epic than you could ever do on your own. Yes. You know? And so I think like embracing like the antidote to say like the antidote to loneliness and creating an isolation yeah. is even though you have to do the work and you have to do it by yourself at some point but bringing other people in to share the load and to like yeah. just buy into that vision and let them let their voices be heard and then it's no longer your own thing and that's what's really amazing and that's what's yeah. beautiful about it and it's like okay now it's all of our things yeah. and like this thing's bigger than any of us yeah. and I'm not going to try and control it. I'm going to try and contribute yeah. and be valuable and just be just be honored and excited that I can be a part of it, you know? Yes. Yeah. And like living you living that with like a fist. Yeah. And like holding yeah. on to these things. You know, I'm just like I'm just visualizing everything you're saying of like coming yeah. in and letting embracing the messiness instead of being like yeah. no, this is my idea. Because at least musically, that was my thing. Instead yeah. of coming in with 20 ideas and holding with an open hand yeah. in a situation like you're talking about. Yeah. And be like, oh, the right thing will land yeah. and they'll hit. And then we'll help be compelled. I would like be like, this is, well, this is my one idea. Figure it out. We gotta, yeah. That's the goal. And then when it didn't fit, then my whole identity is crushed. Because that's the one thing like, yeah, no, this is perfect. For this. Oh, man. It, I, is, it is so yeah. hard. Like, I am extreme perfectionist and so I will write and rewrite and yeah. rewrite and so like in my job I'm a writer and this is what I have to do is write words I'll stay up all night to write it and get it perfect and write it a thousand times I'll, I mean even like I get weird about like an interview like how am I representing myself and like how can I just like yes. let go like yeah. write it and write it and write it I gotta make sure like I'll read a, I put together a big PDF for like Everybody who's involved in the project and like writing about every song and everything yes. and like you get the phrasing and the poetry yes. just right. Yeah. And you know you're not gonna do that in yeah. real life and you can't control your persona and your image and like some of that stuff's in there, but there's also just the rough edges that are you. Yeah. I feel like in a lot of ways you let go a lot more on this project than other ones in the past. Yeah. And in a sense in doing it way more came from letting go. Yeah. Totally. Like, Whatever that, whatever that yeah. means, or whatever the right. And I think like the last was. album, we're, we were starting we to were learn that. that point, yeah. And this one is even just more. Like it's yeah. like hit a vein and just it, it's gone. There's so many yeah. more people involved and pieces yeah. moving yeah. that I can't even like. Just been on a treadmill of a highway, whatever it is, just sprinting since yeah. whenever this yeah. spring. It's been and like so cool. meetings and connecting and making and yeah. filming and like. 
the, the album and like the show and yeah. Even in our emails, you're like, my brain is on a jet. Totally, right totally, now. yes. Jet engine speed. Yes. yes. And I'm like, I so totally I'm just, that. I'm sorry. That's so cool. And it's gonna be like that till the show because it's like so cool to me. Just yeah. gotta have, and it's we're, we're just very fortunate that we have amazing people around us that are helping us like make. We got Rebecca yeah. over here who's like Hi, running, yeah. who's like. Yeah, superstar managing and PR and making all this stuff happen and like, um, it's allowed the flow to be larger, so more. Is yes. Coming. Oh man. And I have like oh, so much respect for anybody who makes. Yeah. Like I was thinking, like even doing the film thing, it's like man, all of those like, you go on IMDb and it's like there's a goof in like this scene and they have the glass here yeah. and then the glass is here. I'm like. You shut up! What have you made? Like, it's yes. super hard yes. to make a film. Yeah, it's super hard to make music. Yes. It's hard to just create anything, and it's yeah. so easy to criticize and point the finger and destroy. Yeah, and I have just like so much respect for anyone who just like has the cojones or the ovaries or whatever to just <laughs> make something <laughs> happen. Something. Yes. To make something yeah. and to put themselves out there and just to be. Man, what is that quote? It's like, there's that quote that says the, it's uh, talking about the gladiator in the ring. Like the, it's the, uh, I don't know if it was a Theodore Roosevelt quote, but the thing is it, the, there's no honor in being the person standing, the spectator, yeah. judging it from the outside. The, yeah. the honor is on the person who's got blood and yeah. mud yeah. and sweat on his face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's doing it. Yeah. And yeah. Man, the, the, yeah, I don't have a lot of patience for uh, people that are judging work or whatever. Critics, that's the word I'm looking for. Sure. Like, anybody that's criti a critic about something, like, man, who gives a crap what you think? Yeah. Like, I just put it out in the universe and yeah. the right people will connect with it. I just don't... I don't have a lot of patience for any, even positive criticism right. in, uh, yeah. externally. Uh, you guys, you thanks for hanging out. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Okay, before I play this song, I just want to say a few quick thank yous. Uh, John and Mike, you guys are awesome. Thank you for taking the time out of your crazy busy schedules. Also, Hilo Diner. Awesome. I love this spot. If you have not checked it out and you're in Minneapolis, I highly recommend it. Bar staff, thank you so much. I cannot recommend Oaxacan Memphis. I think that's how it's called. The Cocktail Oaxacan in Memphis. It was awesome. Uh, that's what we were drinking while we were recording this. Great Coats. As a band, personally, I want to thank you for... Uh, continuing uh, to be an inspiration to me. I'm just so honored to know you guys. Thank you for making honest art. And finally, a massive thank you to Rebecca Cook, who is doing management with this, and for all the emails back and forth with me to line this up. Huge, massive thank you. So without further ado, uh, oh, by the way, if you're in Minneapolis on September 20th through the 23rd, I believe all four of those nights, Greycoats are playing at Southern Theater. I'm going to link that in the show notes if you want to check it out, September 20th through the 23rd. And if you're listening to this episode after that date, uh, I'm sure the album will be released everywhere, iTunes, Spotify, if those even exist. By the time you listen to this, everything's changing so fast. Holy crap. Anyways, without any further ado, here for the first time is Devotion by Grey Coats off their new album, Charisma. Thank you. 
Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. 
Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know, the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, (laughs) I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast, or else I'd have to tell you, podcasting makes me thirsty, and nothing quenches a podcast thirst, whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast, nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey, Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness, because it truly is made of more. That's all. All right. That's it, thanks. (laughs) I love that crap. All right. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. (laughs) (laughs) Say the most random thing you can think of. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. (laughs) Perfect.